the NBA Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gambling Podcast Network presented by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Roman is the straightforward way to take care of your ED. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP for $15 off your first month. That's GetRoman.com slash SGP. We're also brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Underdog Fantasy is your home to the Best Ball Mania 2 contest where you can win $1 million. That's right, $1 million. Sign up now at underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. That's underdogfantasy.com. Promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Odds Jam. Odds Jam is the betting tool every sharp better needs bringing you the latest prices presenting the best betting opportunities dominate the marketplace with odds jam use promo code sgp and get five percent off sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash odds jam okay and welcome Everyone to a Wednesday morning edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast, 11.01 a.m. on the East Coast, Wednesday, May 19th, looking at the Western Conference playing games tonight. Today, we're going to be talking about some of the Western Conference playoff series we all already know about and looking back at last night's Eastern Conference playing game. And to do so, I'm joined by Munaf. Munaf, what's good, brother? Sorry, <laughs> I'm doing well, man. It's a busy morning, man. I take care of a couple of things for the site. I got getting an article up, um, but man, it's busy times. You know, we got uh, obviously NBA playoffs, MLB. It's busy time, so I'm excited, man. And we're also joined by Scott Reichel from SGPN. Scott, great to have you on the show. First time, but we've been working with you all season on the NBA Gambling Podcast. So to everyone who's been enjoying these episodes, Scott is the man behind the scenes making these happen. So thank you to you. And Scott, welcome to the show. How are you, bro? Yeah, doing pretty well. Uh, second time because I was with Dan and Munaf about uh, two weeks ago or so, but first okay. time with the two of us together at the same time. So nice to meet you formally. Uh, as for talking about the NBA, of course, I'm looking forward to it. Got ourselves a lot to talk about. I hopefully... Uh, the games tonight are better than the games last night because I want to say that those games weren't very good, but we can save that for a top for a topic conversation in a couple of minutes. Yeah, I thought last night was definitely a uh, like me and Moonoff were just talking before the show. Home teams, I think, look good in the playing, um, and also you know, you know, we we only had the situation twice a year, but with these ten seeds, I don't know how much motivation there is to really win the back-to-back only to go play a one seed on the road and get, and, you know, probably lose in four or five games. I think we saw with the Hornets last night, they were pretty checked out um, from a motivation perspective. So, you know, any predictions for tonight's game with, with the Spurs and, and, and Grizzlies or Warriors and Lakers, we can, we can kind of knock that off early in the show. Um, what are you guys looking forward to tonight? Scott, we'll start with you. Well, I think that you just kind of hit the nail on the head with how well the home teams actually played yesterday. And the question is, is that trend going to continue? where home court advantage does seem to be extremely important because of course the ball, uh, the Celtics have been a very good home team all season long Washington. We can talk about separately because I think Westbrook was injured. I, uh, you can tell by the way that he was moving around the court or just his inability to get any explosiveness, which is pretty much his entire career. 
and he was unable to really do much of that yesterday, and he struggled as a result. The bigger surprise to me was Indiana, because not just the fact that they dominated, but it was at home. And Indiana was awful at home all season long, and yet looked like a really, really good team, even though Karis LeVert, of course, had to be put in the protocols right before, and he's going to be out for about a week or two. So I think that the main question that I want to ask both of you, I like the home teams tonight. Maybe I'm overreacting to what I saw yesterday, also because of the fact that since they are the higher seed, they tend to be the better teams. But in general, I got to go with the home teams until I see a road team actually show me something. Uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think like you mentioned, Zach, that we were talking about, you know, how well the home teams did last night. And I think as far as tonight, um, well, I'll kind of rewind back to yesterday. I think the game yesterday, uh, obviously the second game with Washington and Boston, I think what kind of summed it up for me was number one, their three point shooting for the Washington wizards. We talked about this in the Slack channel last night after the game was um, that their three quote unquote shooters and Bradley Beal and Davis Bertans combined for one of 13 from three point line. And that's not going to get it done. And then you give up a 50 piece to Jason Tatum. And then Zach, we also talked about how, you know, Kimball Walker was going to have to step up for this Boston team in the absence of Jalen Brown. And he did that last night, 29 points for him last night. So I think that was pretty, you know, pretty much your ball game. Um, you know, fast forwarding to tonight. Yeah, I agree with you, Scott, that I think it will be the home teams tonight. Um, you know, I don't think I was telling Zach offline before we got started. That I don't think Lakers want to play that second game um, and want to get that extra rest because of the injuries that they've dealt with, with LeBron James and Anthony Davis and Dan Schroeder, even coming back from health and safety protocols. And I'm sure he's dealing with some injuries also. So I think Lakers take care of business tonight. And I think it's just going to be too much firepower for the Golden State Warriors to, you know, handle with the Lakers. And then you take another game, the, the San Antonio Spurs and, and the Memphis Grizzlies. I think tonight's going to see where, um, uh, John Morant just plays really well tonight. And um, I think that, yeah, we talked about this, uh, Zach, with uh, with Dan, was how much of a commitment does Greg Popovich have with this team? I know he was at the Hall of Fame um, Hall of Fame ceremony for Tim Duncan, and, you know, rightfully so, he should have been there. But, I mean, what what's the focus for the San Antonio Spurs right now, especially with DeMar DeRozan's probably last game? with the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, Munaf, you're, you're locked in on this uh, Greg Popovich Hall of Fame dinner. <laughs> um, I'm just echoing Dan off of that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That, that was a good pickup by Dan. So for those games tonight, we had the Spurs four-point dog in Memphis, Warriors back up to five in L.A. So we'll, we'll catch up on those games afterwards. Definitely tune into the Slack channel if you're listening before these games tip off. That's at sg.pn slash slack. Any other final thoughts you guys want to get in on last night's games? I think for me, obviously, Jason Tatum looked phenomenal. I mean, the scoring performance was great, and I'm looking forward to seeing how the Nets match up with him. I think that's going to be a nice test maybe for KD to kind of test how he's feeling early with, you know, a really good wing scorer to have to guard in the first round. So, you know, I I think a lot of people were more afraid of Washington than Boston. So I don't know if last night kind of gets you off the scent of that, but I think people thought that Brooklyn would rather play against Boston than this Bradley Beal, Russell Westbrook duo. So we'll have to see about that. But any other thoughts that you guys had on last night's games? Well, I mentioned it briefly, but the main takeaway I had for that Celtics game, of course, besides Tatum being great, which I'm sure a lot of us already knew, was Westbrook. And I talked about how I thought he was injured uh, when you were watching him play. There were a lot of similarities to the way he played last night to the way that he played for about the first month and a half of the season 
when the Wizards were really reeling to start the year and you found out that Westbrook was playing with a, I don't know if it was a torn quad or he had something going on before it healed itself during the course of the season. Westbrook has addressed that to the media in the past, but I'm assuming both of you picked up on it too. He just wasn't really moving at all out there. And I know that there was a video circulating of him walking back to the locker room after the game. I'm not really sure what the point of that video circulating was because yeah. it's where you go after you lose the game. But I don't know if he was limping or not, but you can tell something wasn't exactly right with his leg during the course of that game. And we already knew that Beal was banged up. So if Westbrook is injured, this Wizards team, which went from extremely dangerous, uh, extremely dangerous, might be in danger of being swept in the first round if they even make it past Indiana, which I'm not even sure they will. Yeah, so no no line posted yet for that Indiana-Washington game, which I believe will be tomorrow night. Um, I think definitely the injury concern is something to watch, especially with Bradley Beal as well as, as Russell Westbrook, as you mentioned. I think there will definitely be a lot of people that, you know, shift immediately to go, go take Indiana. So that'll be an interesting spot. Munaf, any other, any other thoughts you had on last night's games? That's just last thing for Westbrook. I mean, he had already struggled all season long against this Boston team, and if he was injured – um, you know, that's just salt to the wound because in three games during the regular season, he was only averaging 16, eight and seven against his Boston team. So not the typical numbers that we see from Westbrook all season long, but against Boston, I guess, I think, you know, the, the commentators hit the nail on the head last night. They were talking about how, how the physicality of Marcus smart on Westbrook was probably a, a determining factor on how his performance last night, plus also maybe a possible injury. So, um, you know, you just got to give a lot of credit to the Boston Celtics, the way they played Jason Tatum dropping a 50 piece and Kimball Walker. So uh, I really believe like in these play in tournaments is that where your, your superstars really need to step up for your team. And we saw that with Jason Tatum and then also with Malcolm Brogdon and, and Sabonis uh, for the Indiana Pacers. Yes, sir. So plan for us of today's show. We're going to be a quicker show. We're going to get into the, uh, the Mavericks Clippers series, as well as the Trailblazers Nuggets series. Uh, then we'll, we'll be back later in the week to kind of fill out the rest of these series as, as we kind of know them. Let's start with this Mavericks Clippers series here. Series price I'm seeing is uh, Mavs plus 300, Clippers minus 400. Big margin there. I don't know. Are you guys seeing similar to that? Uh, let me see. Just logged out to the page. But, yeah, it probably – I know Zach last night we were talking. They were only about 10 to 20 cents off on the lines. Yeah. But let me just double check here real quick. I remember being around there in the Clippers. I saw it around minus three seventy-five or something yeah. like that. So maybe the lines moved up, but they're definitely a hefty favorite in the spot. Yeah, I see a minus three eighty. All right, so Clippers minus three eighty, Mavs maybe around plus three hundred. Um, yep. So big time. I mean, obviously we saw this series last year. So um, Clippers a big favorite again. Scott, what what are your kind of early impressions of this matchup, and what are you looking for here? Maybe on a series price or just the matchup in general. Well, you see, the thing about the Clippers was, of course, they made headlines over the last week or so by, I don't want to say refusing to play against some of the awful <laughs> teams in the league, but they made some underdog betters a lot of money. Let's put it that way, because they did <laughs> not care against the Rockets and against the Thunder, and both those teams end up picking up wins, and they don't pick up wins against anybody. So I think that tells you all you need to know about those two games. But the Clippers went in full duck mode to avoid the Lakers and people are talking about the Clippers and how they're going to make a deep run and stuff like that, or potentially, I'm not exactly sold in this Clipper team, but I think the most disrespected team here has to be Dallas, right? I'm, I know that they're already going to be motivated because of what happened last year and how Luka put up some huge numbers, had the buzzer beater, of course, in one of those games, and they really gave the Clippers all they could handle. 
and yet nobody's picking the Mavericks in this series. And Dallas should be pretty annoyed that the Clippers went out of their way to basically force themselves into playing Dallas because the Clippers think, oh, we're just going to beat this team again. So I think that Dallas should be pretty motivated uh, and a little bit ticked off that the Clippers went through that route of losing on purpose to try to you know get to the actual spot that they did. But is it wrong for me to just be honest and say I don't like either of these teams this past year? And it's a cop-out, but the Clippers with Paul George in the playoffs, you never know. And I don't believe in a team whose third-best scoring option is arguably Marcus Morris. That's a pretty big pass for me. Uh, but looking at Dallas, Porzingis is never healthy. We already know that. You look at the rest of the supporting cast. Tim Hardaway Jr. has had some very good games. Can he do it consistently for a seven-game series? I don't know, but I would lean no. And other than that, who else do you really have on that team that you are that you can rely on? So I'll lean Clippers, but at the end of the day, I do think Dallas is going to make the series more competitive than people think. And I do think the Clippers will win, but probably around six or seven. Yeah, and obviously that series last year did go, what, six games, right? Yeah, six-game yep. series. I think KP missed the last three games of that series and kind of left Luka alone. Looking at some numbers from that series last year, Luka did average 31 points, 10 boards, 9 assists. Uh, so he's definitely on triple-double watch throughout this series. We'll be very, very aggressive in the player prop market. Kawhi averaged 33. Um, you know, Dorian Finney-Smith is really their only answer on the wing to try to guard these guys. Paul George did struggle only 18 points. So, you know, the the, the stars will be out in this series, and I think – KP's health is obviously a big factor. Like you mentioned, Scott, Munaf, your early impressions of the series. I think we, we, we've talked about with this Dallas team is that, again, Luka is probably their only playmaker on this team. They do get Jalen Brunson this series, but is that going to be enough to even keep up with Kawhi Leonard and Paul George or, to, or for the series? And I don't think so. Um, as much as we talk about this Dallas team with Luka, I just don't think they're going to have enough. I think this game, this series probably over in five games. We take a look at you know some of the numbers for the Clippers. They're number they're the number one three point shooting team in the NBA as far as percentage. Number three in offensive efficiency um, across the season. Dallas has eight guys that are shooting thirty five percent or better from the three. Two guys are shooting forty percent or better, which are Maxi Kleber and uh, Jalen Brunson. But with that being said, I think the Clippers with the strength of the Dallas Mavericks make three point shots, but Clippers do it a lot better. Um, they have six guys who played regular season minutes shooting 40% or more or better from three. Marcus Morris was their best three-point shooter. Luke Kennard, not sure if he's going to be in the rotation for this series at least. Reggie Jackson, uh, Terrence Mann, Nicholas Batum, Kawhi Leonard, Pat Bev right there at 40% also. So, um, you know, the question is going to be that if they're able to sort of contain Luke Dantage, who's going to be that second guy for the Dallas Mavericks that is going to – you know, pick up that load if, if you know, Luca is getting double teamed or triple teamed by the Clippers. You know, is KP even going to finish this series or are we going to see another injury from him? Because we don't know with this guy if he's going to be in the lineup or out of the lineup. So, um, you know, early impressions, I, I think that what the Mavericks are supposed to do is knock down three-point shots for, for this team. The Clippers do it a lot better than they do. I think that's the first starting point for me, at least for this series. Yeah, I, I think that the, the Clippers will definitely, uh, the Mavericks, pardon me, will definitely struggle to guard in this series. And KP's health is kind of an enigma. And that, to me, that also kind of 
sucks some of the energy out of Dallas. It kind of, the whole series net to me kind of feels similar to that series after KP already went down where it's like, okay, Luca's fun. Yeah. He's putting up these Herculean numbers, but they might not have the horses to keep up. Any matchups in particular that you guys are looking forward to in this series? I mean, I'll be curious to see how much, Kawhi, how much time Kawhi spends on Luca. You know, is he going to rediscover his form as kind of a wing stopper? Um, any other matchups you guys are looking at, Scott? Well, I feel like you kind of hit the nail on the head when you talked about Kawhi because I don't know if he's even going to be guarding yeah, Doncic. So I guess the question is, you have Patrick Beverly, who I guess is known as being a pest on defense, and is he going to guard Doncic? Can he guard Doncic? Because last year they threw a lot of guys at him and nobody could do anything. And yeah. I feel like that's the question you have to ask, which is why I think Dallas – uh, might be a little bit more live. I don't think that they're actually going to win the series, but Munaf has it in a gentleman's sweep. I think Dallas could win a couple of games potentially, but it's mostly just because of the fact that I don't think anyone in this Clippers team can guard Doncic. I know that people are going to say, well, just double team them, do something. I feel like they tried that last year and nothing they did worked anyway. So I'm just throwing that out there. But the one other match I'm kind of interested in I'm not sure if Hardaway Jr. is going to end up guarding Marcus Morris or how that's going to work out, but I am curious on who's going to be better out of those two guys in the supporting cast because, as I said before, besides Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, I think Marcus Morris might be the third-best offensive player on that team, which is why I don't exactly have the Clippers being a deep title-run team, but Hardaway Jr. has had some very big games at times, and as we talked about before, Doncic is probably going to have the ball forced out of his hands a, a decent amount, and they're going to need other guys to hit threes, and Hardaway Jr. is their best other source of three-point shooting. So I think Hardaway versus Morris for a, I don't want to say a Robin because um, Marcus is the third guy, but for supporting cast battles, I think that's the matchup you got to look at. Yes, sir. Moon, how about you? Yeah, I agree with Scott that I don't think that Kawhi is going to be matched up on Luka because they're going to need Kawhi on the offensive end because outside of Paul George and Kawhi, you know, like you said, is it going to be Marcus Morris? Who, who's it going to be? Right. So um, I'm expecting probably Bev to start out on Luca and then maybe Paul George getting, you know, mixed in there to kind of give him some different looks, but you know, it kind of comes down to, okay, you know, just let Luca do his thing, but who's going to be that second or third guy for the Dallas Mavericks to kind of step up. Is it going to be KP? Is it going to be Tim Hardaway jr? So I think the key for the Dallas Mavericks is going to be that three point shooting. Um, you know, and we talk about, you know, the inside present that the Dallas Mavericks don't really have an inside guy. They have a lot of guys that kind of linger around the three-point line, like Dwight Powell. And, and you know, I think the only guy that they kind of have inside is a Willie Cauley-Stein. Uh, I think Zubat should have a big series inside, whether it's him getting, you know, 15 points to 12 to 13 rebounds a night. He should be able to have some success inside against the Dallas Mavericks interior, which is pretty much non-existent for me, at least. Um but yeah, I think those are some of the things. I, you know, uh, the defensive matchups against Luca is probably going to be the biggest storyline because we know again we talked about what Luca is capable of going out every single night. We saw last season in the playoffs, sorry, when these two teams matched up, like you said, Zach, he averaged thirty-one points, almost a triple double. But the, you know, the bigger fact for me was that the Clippers in that in those six games were averaging one hundred twenty-six points per game. After that buzzer beater uh, that Luca had in Game Four, the Clippers came out the next night and dropped one hundred fifty-four points. So. Um, you know, the question marks for me again are for Dallas are going to be which guy is going to step up um, outside of Luca, and then are they going to be able to kind of contain the three point shooting and defensively for the Mavericks? 
I mean, Tim Hardaway Jr. on Kawhi or Paul George, but outside of that, who's really going to guard, you know, the other guy uh, for, for the Clippers. So again, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, what the game plan is for Dallas, at least in the first game. I can't believe you didn't even mention Bobon. The disrespect. <laughs> the disrespect. <laughs> yeah, it will be, be curious to see how many minutes we get from Bobon here. I think another matchup I think I'm looking forward to is Tyron Louvers, Rick Carlisle. Um, we said, definitely saw Doc Rivers, um, seemed like kind of max out his potential with this Clippers team last year. He definitely struggled against both Rick Carlisle and Mike Malone in the playoffs last year. Ty yeah. Lue, look, I think Ty Lue is a really underrated coach right now. He's, you know, obviously took that Cavs team to a title against with the greatest regular season team of all time. Now it comes to the Clippers. They seem to have kind of figured out from a chemistry perspective, they look a little bit more cohesive. So really looking forward to seeing Ty Lue in the playoffs again. He also is kind of a, a sneaky offensive mastermind at times. And obviously this offense has been one of the best of all time. So with that, let's take a quick break here and we'll come back and we'll get to this game one handicap. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. Generous promos, odds, and parlays are happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Roman. Look, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with the tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com SGP now. With Roman, you'll get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for your AD, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping. And the whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com SGP and complete an online visit. That's right. GetRoman.com SGP to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. It's at GetRoman.com SGP and get started now to get $15 off your first month of treatment. All right, coming back off the break. Looks like, Scott, you're going Clippers in six or seven, you said? I'm going series? Clippers in six. I'll Clippers go six. In, in six. Moon off, you said Clippers in five. I will go Clippers in five as well. Yeah, five. Mm-hmm. Game one here. Dallas goes to L.A., Clippers at home, a five-point favorite total at 221.5. Munaf, where are you going with this game here? I'm going to start with the over in this game again. I mean, it seems like we're taking the over in every single game, but you know, uh, I will say that we, we, did are, take we, we are doing that. <laughs> and we, we did take the under the Wizards game last night, so oh, yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll say that much. Um, <laughs> but you kind of go back again to the to last season in that bubble I mean, the numbers in the scores that these teams were putting up game one, 118, 110, 127, 114, 130, 122, 135, 133, 154, 111. I mean, I think the three point shooting in this, in this, in this series, at least for between these two teams, is going to be on full display and that's going to translate to a lot of points. Um, so I think the first bet for me will be the over in this, this, this game uh, between these two teams. That five kind of seems a little short to me for the Clippers. Um, and right now that total's sitting at 221 and a half. So I think that's a little conservative. Um, 
I'll go. I'm going to stay with the home team trend. I'm going to go minus five with the Clippers, and I'll take the over two twenty one and a half. There you go, Scott. How about you with this game one? I like the Clippers in game one. I think five's too short, and this line should probably be closer to around seven. But looking at the total, I would normally agree with the over in this spot, but <laughs> I just I just can't get past the pace numbers for both these teams. I mean, you're looking at the Clippers; they rank 28th in pace. You look at Dallas; they rank 25th. And last year, the Clippers also had a lot of defensive issues because they gave Harrell and Lou Williams a bunch of minutes, and both those guys couldn't guard anybody. So now you have to wonder if the Clippers might be a little bit better defensively going to this playoff run. So I'm not going to touch the total. I'm going to let this series play itself out, but I do think the Clippers are a little bit undervalued in game one at home. Yeah, and just to recap the season series a little bit, all three of these games did go under. Dallas yep. won two of them, including, the, I mean, one of them was in the third game of the season. They won that game by 51. I don't know if you remember that. That was a kind of a crazy game. But mm-hmm. those totals were set at 227 and a half, 229, and another 227. So keep that in mind. Now we're down to 221 and a half here, a little playoff pace. But yes, these teams have been playing much slower. I think, yeah, I mean, I, I think maybe a good way to bridge the two, maybe a Clippers team total over. Um, you know, so don't have that posted yet, but. Uh, how's my how's my math here? And a half. One thirteen and a half. Um, yeah, yeah. That that would make sense. I, I think my favorite play would probably be that to go over. Um, very very concerned about Dallas's ability to stop LA here. And yeah, I mean, I, I do think uh, Scott, like you said, with these lines, I expect the favorite to kind of pick up some more juice as people turn to the this slate of games on Saturday, like a- after um, you know the play ends over, kind of like how. On a football on a football Sunday, stuff starts to move. So definitely want to want to stay in tune with that. I will lean to the Clippers minus the five as well. Any player prop angles you guys are looking at in this game? Maybe quarter bets, half bets, other ways that you want to attack this game. Well, just in general, aren't you kind of obligated to take every Porzingis under for almost every game because you don't know if he's actually going to play the full game? Yeah, I mean that that that, that, does, yeah. that does make sense. I, I think yeah. The thing about Porzingis is that matchup-wise, he should have a pretty good series, assuming he can stay healthy. Yeah. But that's a huge if. And defensively, he's not been very good this year. I know that he can block some shots around the paint, but in pick-and-roll defense, especially with the Clippers, who like to spread teams out, use more of a stretch four, and try to just shoot bombs away from the perimeter, Porzingis could have some really bad matchups defensively. And until I actually see this guy play for a full game, without any leg issues at all, then I got to feel like I got to take the under in his props because I don't know how many minutes he's actually going to play. Yeah, Scott, this is the NBA gambling podcast where you can only take over on player props, remember? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm sorry. See, I'm going, no, I'm full, jo- I'm I'm going full contrarian here. I'm, I'm going full contrarian here, but, you know, I like – uh, sorry, to go with the theme of the, of the podcast. <laughs> I'm joking, Doncic Overs. I'll go Doncic Overs because, <laughs> as we talked about before, he is going to need to go nuclear if they want to have yeah. any shot in this series. And we saw it last year. And if his player props probably going to be somewhere in the low 30s, maybe high 20s, probably low 30s, though. He's going to need to have some big games. So if you think Dallas pulls off an upset in any of these games, probably parlay it with Doncic over in points because he's going to have to have a huge game if they want to win some of these. Yeah, Munaf, how about you? Any, any angles you like here? Yeah, I think, again, these stars are going to have to shine in these games. And, you know, just echoing off of what uh, Scott said is that, you know, it's going to have to be Luca props. It just depends on where the market is going to price these numbers. Are they going to be inflated a little bit or, you know, is it going to be a reasonable number? With Again, so going back to the season in three games, Luca averaged 30 points, 
eight, uh, eight rebounds and 11 assists. So if you're seeing something come around, you know, 46 and a half, if you like the points, rebounds and assists, anything under 30 points for Luca, I will be taking the over. Um, and then again, like we talked about, uh, Zach on, on with, with Dan, when we did the show on Monday is that first game for the Clippers. I'm going to be taking Paul George over the points because like we've talked about, it's, he, he has that revenge factor on his mind from the shitty play that he had in the bubble last season. So I expect him to come out and play well in game one. And I'll be taking that over for Paul George. Yeah. And I think that kind of gels what I was saying about Ty Lue is he seems to have his finger on the pulse of this team more than Doc Rivers did. You know, I think he understands that you got to dial up Paul George early in these playoffs, get him going, get his confidence going. So that's definitely an angle I like. I will say uh, the there was one thing I was looking at with this game, the Clippers, their first game off the all-star break covered the spread by 26 points against the Warriors. And they had seven days of rest for that game. So six days of rest here, a lot of time to prepare. You know, this does seem like a team that can kind of flex their muscle in that type of situation. So, you know, just looking forward to this one. This is a uh, this is the second game of the day on Saturday. Um, they just tried the schedule. So another primetime game, 4.30 p.m. on the East Coast, 1.30 p.m. Pacific. So looking forward to that one. The late series on Saturday night, the Nuggets Blazers seeing series price here. The Blazers are now favored in front of me, minus 135, Nuggets plus 105 the other way. You guys seeing similar? Yeah, I I see a round pick them, but pretty much what you said. Okay, so looks like there is a lot of momentum for the Blazers right now. I have not seen a lot of Nuggets love the spread on game one, down to a pick them after opening at two. So a lot of momentum for the Blazers Early impressions of this series, are you guys seeing that same angle for the Blazers or, um, you know, the Nuggets, can they shock the world again? Scott, we'll start with you. Oh, you're asking if the three seed can shock the world. Uh, (laughs) Overall, though, I think it's pretty telling. The six seed is favored for game one on the road here. It's a three seed for Denver, but we know without Jamal Murray, this team isn't really the third best team in the Western Conference. So I like Portland. I've actually made a decent amount of money with Portland going on a pretty good run over the last couple of weeks. And they played the last game of the regular seat of the regular season. Portland needed to win, of course, to avoid the playing game. However, Denver surprisingly didn't bench all of their stars, which I thought they were going to, and they got buried anyway. I believe they were trailing about 21 after the first quarter. Uh, Yoga's going to win MVP. I don't exactly think that Portland can guard him, but I do think that having two big bodies to potentially tire him out is definitely a good alternative but you look at the backcourt you look at Lillard you look at McCollum even Powell has been very good for the last couple of games or for the, ever since they actually got him but especially for the last couple of weeks I just think Portland's the better team so I'm not going to say that this series is going to be a blowout for Portland but I do think that without Murray this Nuggets team is definitely not as good as the seating indicates and the markets have reacted accordingly so I like Portland I think they'll win this series potentially in five or six, but I really just don't think the Nuggets are going to be able to respond to this offensive firepower that Portland has. Wow. Bolt hot takes there from Scott Munaf. How about you? It's like me and Scott share a brain almost. Um, I agree with everything he said. I think without Jamal Murray, I mean, we saw last season in the bubble, especially in the playoffs, what Jamal Murray was capable of. You know, we remember him and Donovan Mitchell going back and forth in that first round. Um, and then they got all the way, what, to the Western Conference Finals, did the Denver Nuggets. So yeah. 
um, you know, without Jamal Murray, your second best player, it's going to be really, really tough for for the um, for the Denver Nuggets. I mean, I know they picked up Aaron Gordon, but, you know, he's not really a bona fide scorer. He's more of a, you know, stretch guy that can defend and, you know, get you anywhere from, you know, 13 to 15 a night. But, you know, like I said, the firepower with Jamal Murray not being there, his ability to score the basketball, shoot the basketball is is, is going to be missed. And I think that we talk about every season with Portland is that they're always a team that gets into the playoffs, but kind of gets bounced in the first round. And then, you know, Zach, we had talked about the success, the not so much success that the Portland Trailblazers have had under Terry Stotts is um, it's kind of mind blowing. So I think this is a big, uh, big first round for the Portland Trailblazers. You know, I, I expect, you know, Damian Lillard to do his thing, CJ McCollum to play well, Norman Powell, to play well. So I think that they'll take care of business here. I think we kind of got to throw these season stats and the season matchups out the window for this two teams this season, because in that first matchup, they didn't have CJ or Nurkic in that game. And then the second game was when Jamal Murray had went down with this torn ACL. And then, you know, and then the last game, like Scott mentioned that their starters, the nuggets did not play that much because that game was pretty much over in their first quarter. So, um, you know, I'll agree with Scott. I think this series will probably go. I would probably say Portland in 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 six um, to move on to the second round. Do you think there's added value on Portland in the early games because Denver has to go down three <laughs> one? Then they they've definitely shown that capability with two three one comebacks last year. And I will say, I'm I'm sensing some disrespect here to the to the mile high Nuggets. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the Nuggets in this series. I think um, you know, despite. The, the kind of momentum moving against them. I still think this team is really, really tough. And I, I think that there will be no answer from Portland's defense for Jokic or Michael Porter Jr. And they'll have just enough to kind of slide by. Um, but I, I do think the biggest thing for me in this series is going to be the health of P.J. Dozier, Will Barton, and Monte Morris. Um, <laughs> Barton. Yeah, I know Moonaps is not like Will Barton, but still just absolutely vital for the Nuggets to get more backcourt pieces, you know, in in the fold, especially P.J. Dozier, who is, you know, a body that you can throw at some of these Blazers guards defensively. Um, so definitely the health of those cats is going to be really important to monitor. Kind of like last year we saw the Nuggets against the Jazz. It wasn't really until they got Gary Harris back that they were able to stop Donovan Mitchell and kind of turn the tide of that series. So. With the Nuggets, I, I just think, you know, this is this is the kind of series where the loss of Jamal Murray will not be felt as intently because of the, the quality of the matchup for their offense. With, you know, yes, they have big bodies to throw at Jokic, but neither of those guys have shown any ability to slow him down. Um, 41 points for Nicole Jokic in the first matchup between these two teams this series this season. And same thing for Michael Porter Jr. He's kind of the ideal piece to go up against this Blazers defense, which lacks those big wings. So you could have, you know, a Carmelo Anthony, you know, or guarding guarding uh, Michael Porter Jr. So I expect him to have a really big series, hit another really big series for him in his development. He kind of tries to turn into a star. So I'm very excited for this one. Obviously, as a guy who loves the Nuggets, I, I do think it goes seven. I will go Nuggets in seven as my prediction. Any other matchups or, or big series-wide stuff that you guys are looking at here uh, before we get into the game one handicap? Well, I think it starts with the MVP of the league. I think it's got to be between Jokic and with Nurkic. Cantor, yeah. uh, we talked about briefly. Uh, I know that he's a great rebounder. However, there's a reason why he's been on so many teams. It's because he can't guard anybody, and he's going up against the league MVP. I don't expect Cantor uh, to have a big role in the series because he is so bad in the pick-and-roll defense. He's a complete waste of space when it comes to defense there. But 
no offense, of course, even though I just said he's a complete waste of space defensively. <laughs> but Nurkic is a good rim protector, and he's a big body. I do think that he's going to have to deal with Jokic a lot. But, of course, I know he's played a decent amount of minutes for the last couple of weeks, but he does still get injured a lot. So I am kind of curious if Portland's just going to throw him out there for 30-plus minutes a night and say, good luck, have at him, and we'll see what happens. But I think Jokic will play really well. I just think Portland supporting cast is significantly better, and that's going to be the story of the series. Yeah, I think with matchups too, definitely inside's a big matchup, and then Campazzo getting the chance to guard Dame Lillard as a starting point guard—that's going to be really exciting, <laughs> bro. He he he's blatantly one of the best backcourt defenders in the NBA at this point. And he's got active hands, very active hands, and I I think he's going to give Dame trouble. He gave Steph trouble enough. Munaf is laughing. For background, Munaf laughed the second I brought up Capazzo. I think he knew I was going to do that, but I had to. I, I think he's a good matchup for Dame. And then you try to throw bodies at CJ. Obviously, Monte Morris projected to be on a minutes restriction. So that means they're going to have a lot of Austin Rivers unless they can get, like I said, Dozier Barton back. Uh, Munaf, jump in here. You know, I, I I can't wait for the pod when when Denver sweeps uh, Denver sweeps Portland, and then you know Zach's gonna come on here and kind of flex his chest to me. But when you're <laughs> <laughs> when you're relying on, I mean, yeah, no disrespect to Kambazo, I think he's filled in very nicely in the absence of Jamal Murray. But come on, man, it's it's, it's Damian Lillard playoff <laughs> time, so I think he's gonna cook him. But um, you know, uh, I think again, I agree with Scott is that the supporting cast for the Portland Trailblazers is just gonna be it's going to outmatch uh, the Denver Nuggets supporting cast. And I'm really excited to see number one, um, Michael Porter Jr. Because we've talked about how he's kind of emerged when Jamal Murray went down. Right. And we were seeing his ridiculous shooting that he has an ultimate green light and a guy that can actually knock it down. Um, but again, you know, some of these guys, like you mentioned, Zach with PJ Dozier and, and I'm, I'm curious to see if they give Marcus Howard some minutes here. Yeah because he's, he's been pretty good for, for, for Denver also. So um, again, you said Monte Morris will be on our minutes restriction. So it's really going to take some of these other guys to kind of step up and help out Michael Porter Jr. And Nikola Jokic, um, you know, to kind of support them in scoring. I think it's going to be a really fun series. Um, but again, I, like I said, I think Portland will probably take the, take this one, you know, uh, I'll change it. I think it'll be either. I think six, I think I would love to see the series go seven games. Yeah, another name I did want to bring up was Aaron Gordon, right? His first time going into the playoffs with this Nuggets team. He's yep. kind of flying under the radar a little bit. He, you know, he kind of has come in and really filled that defensive dogged role for the Nuggets. So be interesting to see where he matches up. Could he potentially be a, an option to throw at CJ or Dame for 10 minutes here and there? Uh, that'll be interesting, especially as the Blazers want to play their three guards and the Nuggets tend to want to play three bigs, at least between Gordon, Porter Jr., Jermichael Green, Paul Millsap. So, there will be kind of a clash of styles. Wrapping it up here on the series, Scott, any final thoughts you have? Uh, no, I think that Portland should be favored, even though they are the worst seed. I just think the better overall team. Denver, if they had Murray, I'd probably pick them, but they don't. So I got to deal with reality, which is I think Portland's just better at this point in time. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's gonna be really interesting to see how that plays out. Uh, Munaf, how about you? I'm curious to see last point for Portland is did they get Simons any minutes because he's a pretty good shooter in that backup, um, that backup, uh, at least in the uh, second unit for them. So um, it'll be curious to see. Again, we've talked about with Portland that at all three levels, they kind of have those, you know, superstars, the wing defenders, and then 
somewhat of an inside presence with Nurkic being a big body kind of rim protecting, but Cantor being a defensive liability, but a great rebounder. So, you know, the X's and in these in this series is going to be really intriguing to see. So um, I'm looking forward to this one also. I mean, I'm looking forward to all of them, but I think the two in the the one in the West is going to be this one, and then the uh, other one is going to be the Hawks and the Knicks that we talked about yesterday. Yes, sir. And with that, let's take a quick break and hear from some of our sponsors. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. If you haven't played Underdog Fantasy, you have to check it out, guys. Their best, their fantasy best ball contests are some of the best around, including their Best Ball Mania 2 tournament where you can win $1 million. Plus, you can play a number of games involving parlaying player props for MLB, the NBA, and more. They also have a special NBA Playoffs Best Ball tournament coming up as well. Go to underdogfantasy.com and use promo code SGPN. And don't forget to enter that Best Ball Mania 2 tournament for your chance to win $1 million. That's underdogfantasy.com, promo code SGPN. We're also brought to you by Odds Jam. If you're a sharp better, you need to sign up with Odds Jam. Odds Jam does your line shopping for you, finding the best prices on all bets, including player browse. That's so clutch. Odds Jam even provides arbitrage opportunities where you can bet on both sides of a line at two different shops to guarantee a profit. Odds Jam also tailors itself to whatever betting market you're currently in. So dominate the marketplace with Odds Jam. Sign up at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Odds Jam and use promo code SGP for 5% off. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Odds Jam, promo code SGP for 5% off. All right, guys, coming back off the break. Let's get right into it. Game one, as we said, opened at two. Now down to a pick Portland at Denver. High total, total at 227. Munaf, where, where are you going with this game one here? You know, as much as we've picked Portland to win this series, I, I think Denver will come out for game one and take care of business at home. Um, you know, this line is what did it open. Did it open Portland minus two or they were underdogs? I think it was Denver minus two, uh, at least. Okay. What I saw. So it's yeah. down to a pick. Okay. Wow. Um, yeah, I'll stay with Denver. I'm, I'm going to stay with the home teams in the fir- fir- first game, at least. Um, you know, I think that Jokic will come out and play well. Aaron Gordon, Joe, uh, Michael Porter Jr., these guys will come out and play well. So um, I, I will take uh, Denver in the first game at a pick. There we go. Scott, how about you? Um, going against the grain of this podcast, but I like Portland and I also like the under. I know it's not fun to take the under, and you might look at the last regular season game and say, well, they had 248 points. How do you like the under? And the reason is the first two meetings when the starters played significant minutes, you ended up having 217 and 211. I think Denver's going to have to slow the pace if they want any shot to win the series because if they go up-tempo, Portland's going to kill this team. So I think, that Port- I think that Portland has to be forced into the half court if Denver wants any shot to win. Plus, you have to wonder about the altitude, which you always have to bring up, which could cause some fatigue in the second half. I like the under. I think this should be a competitive game. I think it'll be a low-scoring game. But I do think Portland does just enough to win. But I like the under. I think I think two twenty seven is too high. Yeah, two twenty seven does feel a bit high. Munaf, what are your thoughts on that total? Yeah, I agree. Uh, uh, Denver. Yeah, if they play at what Portland's pace, they like to play getting up and down and shooting the three point shots. I, th- I think that Denver's going to have to slow this game down. And you know, with Jokic at your as your best player he's a great you know half court player that can you can dump the ball down to and kind of really slow the place pace down uh to kind of neutralize what portland tries to do so it'll be interesting to see how 
these two teams kind of come out. If you see that they're playing at a high pace, you might even get a better number um, to take the under at. Cause we kind of see in the second half of games where the pace kind of does slow down, especially in the playoff games. Right. So um, yeah, no, I, I, I know it's difficult for some people to kind of live bet and we're just kind of just watching the game. You know, so people like us have our laptops open and have the live betting menu open, but uh, I think there's a lot of opportunities uh, in live betting. So uh, I'll probably wait to see how this kind of the pace, the pace and shot making is starting for this game. And if I get a better number than 227, I will probably take the under. Yeah, Moon up. You stole the words right out of my mouth because in this last game here, that was a 106, 105 added to 211, like Scott mentioned. That first quarter was 36, 35 Portland. And then yep. the rest of the way, all of these quarters were under under 49 points. So, you know, there definitely might be some early, late, uh, you know, early scoring. And then, yep. as Scott said, the altitude starts to factor in, the competitiveness starts to factor in, and that could kind of change the character of the game. I'm going to go with Denver here. Um, you know, I like them in the series. I think they come out hot in game one. And I, I, you know, home crowd behind them. I do believe they've upped the capacity, maybe closer to 50%. So hopefully that that new arena is rocking. And, you know, I will say with the fatigue angle of this series is very interesting because I think we saw last year the Blazers, when they had to push so hard to get to the, the play-in game, ultimately beat Memphis, then they kind of really – just showed their exhaustion in that first round against the Lakers. I believe they won game one and then got swept the rest of the way. And we saw Nurkic was really unable to handle that type of, that type of load. Um, and, you know, Dame and CJ can put it on their back, but we've seen Dame look exhausted at times. And I think you'll see a similar phenomenon with the Nuggets as they're stretched so thin with all their injuries. So maybe unders later in the series or, you know, just kind of seeing how that fatigue will be interesting. But definitely going with the Nuggets at pick here. Actually, going to lock that in right now on the show. There you go. So, there we go. Yeah, got to do it. So, Nuggets game one pick. I'm going to go with that. Also going to go with the Nuggets in the series. Any player prop angles, first quarter, first half, that you guys are looking at in this game? I'll let Munafka first. Um, I, I think definitely Michael Porter Jr. is going to be the guy for me, right? Because we've talked about since you know Jamal Murray went down that he's been playing really well and he's really been providing that support to uh joke it so i think michael port jr is one guy uh i think the other guy for me for portland's probably gonna be norman powell is he's gonna be kind of be intriguing because the focus might be on dame and cj mccullum that that might open up some uh shots for norman powell or also the ability for him to get to the basket and finish around the basket so um you know kind of the underrated guy for portland will be norman powell and then again you know the coming out party for michael porter jr probably will be this series without jamal murray yeah, Scott, how about you? For me, I'm looking at McCollum. Uh, he's had a very nice, uh, I'd say, couple of years against Denver. I'm not just trying to bring back traumatic blocks in Game 7 uh, from a couple of years back, but McCollum's done very well against Denver in the past. You looked at how he's played lately. He's been very efficient. He shot over 52% from the four in each of his last three games, had at least 24 in each of his last five. I think McCollum's going to have a pretty big series here, and I do think that if you're looking at – some supporting cast players. I find Melo very intriguing. And I'm not sure if that's just because it's against his former team and how you have Melo back in the playoffs, but he's been very good for this team this past year. And you know, if there's one thing Melo does not lack, it is confidence. And if he's open and he has the ball, he's going to shoot it. So I had to look for some Melo overs as well in that spot. 
Yeah, Mello is kind of the original Michael Porter Jr., right? And it would be interesting to see those two match up, um, especially because with the Nuggets, yes, if Norm Powell's on the floor, they're going to have to ask one of their bigger forwards to try to stay in front of Norm. So definitely think that could be interesting. Uh, and also, you know, I'm looking back at this Donovan Mitchell game law from last year's, the last year's playoff series. Obviously, he torched the Nuggets, but they kind of slow down a bit, I guess, as the series went along. Game seven only had 22 points, inefficient. Game five also, and game three was a little bit more inefficient, but they made that adjustment of bringing Jokic up to the level of the, of the screen and that they're going to try to take away Dame, I think, at that point and make them play four on three. So I do think Dame might not be the guy you want to target. I do think that you guys are on the right track with CJ, Norm, and Melo as that ball tries to kind of kick around after the double. So that'll be interesting to see. I guess, well, yeah, with this series, I mean, it's just really interesting. All these injuries for the Nuggets, but right there as a pick and Blazers kind of came on late after a super inconsistent regular season. So kind of dueling narratives for those two teams. While we know it, any early impressions on Celtics Nets before we get out of here? Nets and Nets in the sweet man. <laughs> wow. So you're going to Nets. And, I'll give uh, maybe one game to Boston, but I think it's going to be again, too much, too much firepower for, for for the Boston Celtics to handle with the Brooklyn Nets, um, uh, give me Brooklyn probably in five. Yeah, I, I would probably go Brooklyn in five as well. Scott, how about you? I'm going to make you unanimous. I'm going Brooklyn in five. I think Boston does enough to win one game at the Garden, but at the end of the day, the Nets have too much talent. Yeah, and that, and that's I'm really I'm just really excited to see the Nets at full strength. I think getting Boston is good. I mean, they're they're they don't it's not like a joke series, right? They're going to have to kind of lock in. I'm just really eager to see what they look like. Obviously get the week off for James Harden to continue to rest that hamstring. So hopefully he's a full go for this series. Anything else you guys want to get to? Obviously this Warriors Lakers game tonight is going to be elite. So really looking forward to that, but any any final thoughts, Scott? Uh just in general? Yeah, just in general. Uh, I'm really, really curious if Chris Paul is going to end up regretting his words when he said after they beat Portland in that TNT game, he said, if you want to be the champion, you can't be ducking anybody. And now they're probably going to end up playing the Lakers, but they might play the Warriors. I wouldn't want to play either of those two teams. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and obviously we saw the same thing with the Bucks, where Mike Budenholzer said, you know, we you got you got to beat the best teams if you want to do it anyway, so we might as well play the Heat in the first round. But I think we're, we see that's going to be super competitive. So a lot of interesting narratives. And like with, as well, the Clippers tanking their way into playing Dallas, uh, they kind of asked for that match and how they got to back it up. Munaf, how about you before we get out of here? Yeah, quickly, uh, we don't have to spend too much time on this, but, you know, we were talking about yesterday with with fans being back in the stadiums. And I'm kind of looking, I pulled up an article where they have the updated uh, capacity. Oh, yeah. And I think it's interesting that, Denver is going to be at 40% according to this article, but Portland's only going to be at 10%. Do you think that is going to be a big factor with these teams playing on their home courts? Not a big factor, but I do think it'll be interesting from a betting perspective to see what, you know, if these games are relatively as expected in game one and two, how far does that line shift when we go to Portland? You know, are they getting the typical three points or, you know, they're at, you know, we, we could do the math of the capacity, but I think it, it I don't think it's going to factor in too much, mm-hmm. but, but, you know, I do think it will play a small factor. Scott, what about you? Uh, if it was going to, I'd look at it in play. If you have a close game in the yeah. fourth quarter 
or maybe if a team is down double digits and you think that if a little run can maybe spark some crowd interest, then maybe that'll play a factor, especially in Denver with the uh, decent amount of capacity there. But it's mostly in play. If you see a home team and you have a lot of fans there, just in the playoffs as a whole, not just this series, but if it's going to be a one-possession game and you want to maybe take a shot there with the home team, you might find some value because the fans might provide a little bit of a spark and also might influence a call or two, maybe from the refs. If, you know, the entire crowd is up in arms about a call or something, the refs might consider, you know, siding in favor of the home team there. I hate saying that that exists, but it obviously exists. So I'm just going to throw it out there. But yeah, I'm looking at it more from an in-play perspective. No, and we we did have Scott Foster and Tony Brothers working last night. And both home teams did win. Uh, And there were a lot of fouls in that Boston-Washington game, I will say. So I don't don't think they're wrong to bring that up, Scott. Um, But yeah, a lot of – so obviously you got the games tonight. Then we're going to have one game each, I believe, on the next two nights or maybe – yeah. Uh, Thursday and Friday, and then Saturday, we, yep. Saturday, Sunday, we got four games each day, as well as the PGA Championship. Any picks for the PGA guys you got? Um, I haven't locked it in yet, but uh, I think the couple guys that I did have were, were I'm going to go with uh, Jordan Spieth, and um, I think my other guy was Victor Hovland, but uh, definitely check out our Golf Gambling Podcast. Yep. Also check out the Slack channel, man. It is always bumping in there, so it's a lot of fun. Quickly, I just wanted to mention, wrapping this up with the capacity, most of these teams are at 30 to 50%. The one team that's at 71%, the Utah Jazz. So that's going to be interesting to see. Yeah, Utah, obviously, they've they've had fans all year, I think, and they've obviously been dominant at home. So it will be very, very fun to see Steph Curry go in there with with, with a packed, packed gym. For the PGA Championship, I'm going Harris English. Going deep here, but really looking forward to that. I've been obviously loving Steve and, and Capper and, and Nagels Bagels, their content all week, and love betting golf. So, really excited for that. Scott, anything you want to plug before we get out of here? Well, you, since you both talked about the PGA Championship, I'll go with Rom. I'm not really going to try to reinvent the wheel here. I'll go with okay. the best golfer on the planet. Also, just had a kid, so maybe that'll help out. Who knows? It's a good story. But for golf, anybody could win. That's why you picked Harris English. I'm curious what his price is. I'm assuming it's high up there. What you know what his price is? Let me see what it I was. I gotta assume it's gonna be somewhere sixty or plus, uh, just yeah. based on the actual B- better there. than that, I think. Let yeah, me see. I'll, here. I'll go Rom just because why not? But it's a golf tournament, anybody could win. Yes, sir. Man. Please. Logging me out. Great episode today as Munaf tries to get into one of what I'm sure is many accounts. Great episode today, Scott. Great to be with you, and thanks for uh, all the hard work this season. Please check out all of our content at sportsgamblingpodcast.com, all the podcasts on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. This is the NBA Gambling Podcast. Please subscribe, rate, and read to us if you enjoy the show, as well as Munaf's MLB Gambling Podcast going strong this year. My Mets have been surviving recently, so had a lot of fun watching them. So, where can the people find you on Twitter, Munaf? If I'm on Twitter at SportsNerd824, I'll be dropping all my playoff plays on there. Uh, quickly, Harris English 100 to 1 to win the PGA Championship. So, yes, sir. If we don't hear from uh, Zach, maybe over the weekend, he probably put a significant bet down on Harris English and he's headed to Vegas. Well, the Knicks are playing in the, at, at, on the early game on Sunday. So, I'm not going to be able to tune over to that until a little bit later. Scott, where can the people find you on Twitter? No, they can find me at Reichel Radio on Twitter. I know that if 
Paris English does win, maybe you can buy some courtside seats to an MSG game. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, the, the ticket price is absolutely obscene for the Knicks this week, but for good reason. So hopefully the uh, wealthy can you know, make some noise as, as we know all the new, uh, normal Knicks fans would. So really looking forward to that. Follow me on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Looking forward to talking to you guys the rest of the week. We'll be here throughout the whole playoffs. So great show today and uh, let it ride, everybody. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba-basket.